is the day that the ancient prophets knew would come. The words of the prophet Zechariah had proclaimed for centuries before. Zechariah 9.9 Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Zion is Jerusalem. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The prophet Zechariah knew this day would come and prophesied it centuries before. Likewise, in the same way, one of God's other prophets, the prophet Daniel, saw this day coming, the day the Messiah, the Christ, would triumphantly enter into Jerusalem. In chapter 9 of Daniel's prophetic book, by the power of God, Daniel foresaw the Messiah coming to Jerusalem. Daniel foresaw the Messiah being put to death. Daniel foresaw the temple being destroyed all in just the right place, in just the right time, exactly as it did. All of it in just the right place, just the exact specific time that Jesus Christ would fulfill. In God's perfect time, in God's time, his kairos, in fulfillment of the ancient Hebrew prophets, Christ now enters Jerusalem on Palm Sunday 2,000 years ago, and the physician, the disciple Luke, faithfully records history and the fulfillment of ancient prophets in Luke chapter 19. Turn there with me if you would. Scripture is going to be projected on the screen behind me. Scripture is going to be printed inside your sermon notes section of your Lifeline bulletin. And we're giving away Bibles for free at our welcome table. You can take one of those home. We're reading today in Luke chapter 19. The fulfillment of ancient prophecy. Luke 19 verses 28 through 44. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? This is not Grand Theft Donkey. If anyone asks you why you are untying it, say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. 
as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it's hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. I told you I would be coming, says the incarnate God to Jerusalem. I spoke to you through the prophets so long ago to tell you how I'd come and when I'd come so that you knew it was really me, the incarnate God says. And today, those ancient Old Testament prophets are fulfilled in your presence. And here I am in your midst. You know, for me, the most convincing way we know the Bible is true, the most convincing way we know that Jesus Christ is Lord, is the absolutely uncanny, amazing fulfillment of ancient prophecies. Literally, hundreds and hundreds of Old Testament prophecies pointing directly to Jesus Christ as the Messiah, just like in his triumphal entry into Jerusalem on the day which God appointed, the day called Palm Sunday. But it's not all good tidings as Jesus enters into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Yes, he comes righteous and victorious on this sacred day. But the same Old Testament prophets who predicted how he would enter the city also predicted some terrible, horrible things were about to unfold. Back in Daniel chapter 9, verse 26, the anointed one will be put to death. And just a few short days from now, the very crowd who had gathered to celebrate Jesus' triumphal entry with shouts of loud hosannas, well, the shouts of those crowd members would soon be turned into shouts to crucify him. Daniel chapter 9 continues in verse 26. The people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The anointed one would be killed. Jerusalem would be sacked and destroyed and the temple along with it. Back in Luke 19, we saw Jesus reinforce these prophetic words and remind the people as he enters Jerusalem in tears. He enters the city and weeps over it and says, if you, even you, had only known this day would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground. You and the children within your walls, they will not leave one stone on another 
because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. The prophets foresaw, Jesus foresaw His death and the sacking of Jerusalem and the dispersion of God's people out from that place. All of it fulfilled just as well in A.D. 70 when Jerusalem was to be sieged by the Roman Empire and the temple of God flattened and the people dispersed, all again proving through fulfilled prophecy in a way that only God can foresee the future that Jesus Christ is Lord, sent triumphantly, sent humbly to live, to die, and to rise again to save you and me, sent to take our place, sent to take our punishment that our sins deserved, sent to take our wounds, our stripes upon himself. Yes, that was also prophesied long ago in a way only God can predict the future. From the prophet Isaiah 53, speaking of the Messiah who would come, the prophets say this about the events of this holy week. Isaiah 53, verses 2 and following. He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hid their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, despised, and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, 
and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. Written centuries before that Palm Sunday, that Good Friday, were these words of the prophet. Now you tell me, who is that ancient prophet speaking about? Who would triumphantly enter Jerusalem, but who would be condemned and punished and pierced? But then, even though he would die, would still see his descendants. That is to say, he would still have life. He would rise again. You want proof? Undisputable, indeniable proof that God is real and that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh, sent to save us from sin and hell and death. Friends, this is it. I could stand here all day and literally read you hundreds of ancient Old Testament prophecies, all perfectly fulfilled in the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hundreds of ancient prophecies pointing directly to Jesus, fulfilled all and only in Him. Likewise, Psalm 22 professes before the Roman Empire even existed to invent the torturous murder called crucifixion, Psalm 22 prophesies that Jesus would die from crucifixion where it reads, they have pierced my hands and my feet. But not only that, as if that were not proof enough, if we don't have enough proof through the Old Testament prophets that this is the Lord Himself in the flesh, incarnate, now triumphantly entering into Jerusalem to die on the cross with His hands and feet pierced, hung on a tree for the sins of you and for me. Not only is this proof that Jesus was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities and that the punishment that brought us peace was upon Him and that by His wounds we are healed as if that were not enough. Isaiah continues now in 53 verse 11. Hundreds of years before, centuries before, saying that the Messiah's rule and reign and power and witness does not end at the cross. But hundreds of years before, the prophets predict the resurrection. Isaiah 53 now in verse 11 after he has suffered, story's not over yet. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great and he will divide the spoils with the strong because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors for he bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors my friends after seeing all this ancient prophecy is there any way that someone could not acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Messiah God in the flesh well, there's only one way if they are spiritually blinded to the truth that is so plainly set before them. For Jesus entered Jerusalem not just for the prophets, not just for those first disciples, but for you and for me. 
And if we will cast off, if we will pray that God remove the blindness from our eyes, the spiritual deception that's so prevalent in this world, he will reveal the truth to you as plain as day that Jesus Christ is Lord. Entering into Jerusalem exactly how and exactly when the Old Testaments like Isaiah and Zechariah and Daniel predicted hundreds of years before. That he would die on the cross to take our punishment. That that by his wounds we would be healed. If we'll just receive it. If we'll just acknowledge his free gift. But that the story wouldn't end there. And and that in one week we'll we'll celebrate Easter Sunday. And, And like the prophets declare that we celebrate the fact that Jesus will see the light of life again. That he will celebrate with those who are victorious. He will share his riches with we who have overcome by his power. The story doesn't end on Good Friday. The story doesn't end at the cross. And my friends, the good news for you today is that no matter what your story is right now, no matter the bad story you came in here with today, God wants me to tell you your story isn't over yet. Your story doesn't end with crucifixion the same way Jesus' story doesn't end with crucifixion. But you and me right here, right now, can begin to live a new life, a better life. Not better by the standards of this world. I'm not talking Cadillac in the driveway, but I am talking a peace that surpasses all understanding to guard your hearts and your minds with Christ Jesus. I'm not promising you riches in this world, but I am promising you, God is promising us, riches in heaven that can never perish, spoil, or fade. I'm not saying you're never going to face death in a physical sense, but I am saying on the other side of death, Christ promises us life eternal. Whatever you're going through today, whatever the junk that has cluttered up your heart, your mind, your life, I want you to go to God with me in prayer. Talk to the same God who spoke to us through the ancient prophets. Go to God with me in prayer right now to talk to the same God who fulfilled ancient prophecy in the death of Jesus Christ. Talk to the God right now who brought Jesus back to life at Easter Sunday's resurrection as prophesied so long ago. And let's you and I ask the God of life, the author of life, the giver of life to bring life to these mortal bodies just the same. Would you pray with me? God, in like 20 or 30 minutes, we have seen just a few, just a teeny, tiny, itsy-bitsy few of your literally hundreds of ancient prophecies pointing to Jesus, predicting even when and how he would enter Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. But even more than the when and the how, those ancient prophets told us why. To take our sins away. So that if we would believe in him, we would not perish, but have eternal life. We thank you, God, that the story doesn't end at the cross. But that in just one week, we here together get to celebrate more than chocolate and hidden eggs. But we, your people, get to celebrate the eternal life that is your free gift to us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. God, if anybody here today for the first time is ready to lay down their defensiveness, 
to lay down their rejection, to lay down their consternation. Let them with me just acknowledge before you their own sinful imperfection and in their own way, in their own words, say, Jesus, I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior and Master of my life. I accept your death on the cross in my place, that by your stripes I am healed, by your wounds I am forgiven. And God, I also acknowledge that, God, you raised Jesus from the dead, and that by his death-defeating, hell-conquering, grave-overcoming, resurrection power on Easter Sunday morning, I know, God, you will raise me to eternal life as well. So then, Lord, I pray you would help me live as those who are not afraid, those who are prepared to face anything this world can throw at us, as those who are already conquerors. Help us, God, to acknowledge that we can face even death through him who has already conquered it by Easter's power. And in the meantime, God, between now and heaven, let us use this time on earth we've been given as people of the resurrection to bring life, to bring light, to bring good news to a world that so desperately needs it. God, you have set before us life and death. Help us to choose life. You have called us in the night and have asked, who will go for me? God, hear us say, here I am. Send me. And, and take us out of this place today as different people than those who walked in here. People who walked in maybe were afraid or were burdened or were tired and just beaten down by this world. Crucified. But have us walk out of here, God, as people whose chins can be held high. People who face even death unafraid. People of your resurrection. And send us out into this world, God. During the week when people are more open to receive your good news than any other time of year. Help us take our little postcard in the bulletin. Help us use our Facebook account. Help us just with our hearts and our hands in the office or in school this week to share the good news of the resurrection with Jesus Christ. To invite a friend or even an enemy to come to church next week for Easter so that they can see what we have already seen. That Jesus Christ is risen indeed. All this we ask and pray in his precious and holy name. Amen. And let